0: We're going to be talking about some very, very important things today, going to another level, not only as a church family, but as individual families. that sound good to anybody? Y'all ready? Uh, I'm not going to give you a scripture today. Pastor John is going to give you a scripture at the end of the experience today. But we're, we're going to dive in. I've asked my amazing, lovely other self to come join me up here. And I know that that phrase may seem foreign to a couple of you, but I'll explain it here in a minute. Give give me a second, we'll get there. But I'm always honored when she's a part of what what we do on stage. Sometimes I have to twist her arm to get her to come up and do it with me, but I I really always appreciate it. And I'm going to let her do way more talking than me. Is that that fair? We we don't have notes for you today, but if you want to take notes, this would be a good thing. We started a series last Sunday called Relational. Everybody say Relational. Relational is just simply this, that we're, we're wanting to build intentionally abstract connections. Intentionally abstract connections. And, and what, what that means is this. God wants us to be intentional in every relationship that we enter into. He doesn't want us just going through the motions. He doesn't want us phoning it in. He doesn't want us to just kind of randomly fall into these connections. He wants us to be very intentional. And the reason that we're highlighting abstract is there are differences in our relationships. There are differences in who we are. There are differences in our backgrounds. There are differences in the way we talk. There's differences in our nationality. There's all these differences. And the same happens at a spiritual level. There are differences. Uh, If if you look at the person sitting next to you, there are going to be some spiritual differences between you and them. Amen? And God has intentionally brought these abstract connections together because it's through these connections that we all become stronger. Amen? So we, we started this last Sunday. If you missed last Sunday's sermon, you can go to nolachurch.com and click on the sermons and you can get caught up on the podcast and even if you missed any of the sermons from last series, we went into the subject of access. God is pulling off the lid on NOLA Church and I can't wait to see what happens over the next couple of seasons, amen? So this is where we are. We're, we're going to dive into this. Today, we're going to be talking about a subject that God actually uses as the foundation of For every relationship that we are in. Now, let's be real. There's a bunch of different kinds of relationships. There's marriage relationships, work relationships, parenting to child, friend to friend. There's all of these different types of relationships. But God used the very first relationship that he created as the foundation for every other relationship. So the first relationship he created was with Adam and Eve, right? All the way back in the garden, he created Adam, and then he created Eve. There are things that we see in this relationship that provide us distinct, very applicable instructions for how we should enter into every other relationship. Now, yeah, there are differences. Like There are things that you do in marriage that you don't do when you're dating. Amen? Let me say that one more time. There are things that you do when you're married that you don't do when you're dating. Amen? Amen. (laughs) I just need to remember I was at church there for a moment. We forgot for a second. But you can see the structure. You can see the strength. You can see the beauty that God intentionally wove into that relationship between Adam and Eve. That literally applies to every relationship that you and I are in. So let's dive into this real quick. We're going to talk about two big subjects. The first subject is what makes a marriage work? And you can take the word marriage out and put your situation in. Like if if you're single, what makes being single work, right? Or if, if I'm not even interested, what makes not even being interested work? If you're a parent to a child, you're a single mom, you're a single dad. Maybe you're widowed. Maybe you're going through a divorce. Whatever your situation is, what makes that work? Because here's the reality. We all want to see a successful life. Even when the tragedy hits, there are some God principles that apply no matter what our situation is. So let's let's dive into this. I I would say first, and then I'll present them and you just kind of bounce back and dig in with me. I would say that the very first thing that we need to grasp a hold of if we want our relationship to work is we need a strong foundation, right? Everybody say strong foundation. Strong foundation. I know I'm kind of doing a panel with my wife, but I'm a preacher. I'm going to make you repeat it back to me, make sure you're awake. We need a strong foundation. The only foundation worth building on is Jesus Christ, amen? If you have a relationship, whether it's a marriage, a dating parent-to-child friendship, that Jesus is not the foundation, that relationship has a potential of falling apart. How many of y'all believe that this morning? You need a strong foundation. So let me ask you this question. What is your relationship built on? Whatever your circumstance, what is it built on? What are you... Putting your weight on. What are you putting your structure on? What are you putting your faith in? Is it their personality? Is it their attractiveness? Is it the way they vote? Is it the way they dress? Is it the money they have? What are you building your relationship on, babe? Why don't you talk a little bit into that?
1: Hmm. <laughs> it's so important that your foundation in your relationship is Jesus. The thing that, um, like, we've come to terms with is we're each other's number two because Jesus is our number one always. Because if I can't fall in love with Jesus, there's no way I'm going to know how to love this man. So I have to love him with everything that I am in order for me to be able to love him, to treat him, to respect him in the way that I need to respect him and love him and treat him. Does that make sense? So having that strong foundation in who, of who Jesus is in your own life first, that's like the main thing. Because if you don't know who your God is, how are you going to know who your husband is? I mean, you have to know who Jesus is in your life and fall madly in love with him, even if you're not married, even if you're just dating, even if you're not even interested. Either way, man or woman, fall in love with Jesus first, and then he will bring
0: whatever your heart's desiring. That's good. That's good. Mama can preach. So the first thing is a strong foundation. The the second thing that, that we need to make a marriage or any other relationship work is we need intentionality. Everybody say intentionality. That's one of those big, fancy church planner buzzwords from this season, like everything's intentional. We intentionally serve on Sundays. We intentionally make it dark during worship so people can intentionally worship God in private. We intentionally turn it up so everybody gets earplugs. No, we intentionally turn it up so no one hears you singing because you're singing off key. Intentionality is that was a joke. You're you're really singing beautiful.
1: When we sing when we say sing as a choir, sing as a choir.
0: (laughs) But it takes intentionality. So if that's just this buzzword, what does it truly mean to be intentional in our relationships? What it means is to be dedicated. You gotta have dedication to the relationship. Another way to say that is you gotta have commitment. You can't just be in it for the moment. Like you when you enter into that relationship, you're there until death. Like I'm not going to be a fair-weather friend to you. I'm not going to be there when when you don't need me and then when you do need me, I'm going to disappear. That's not friendship. Well, we bumped into something, no, but I made a dedication. To you. I made a commitment to you. I I think the scripture says it like this What God has joined together, let no man, no woman, no court, nobody else, let nothing tear apart what God has joined together. But y'all, you got to understand this. It doesn't just accidentally happen, you got to work at it. I mean, because your spouse has got issues,
1: so does yours. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> your friends have issues. You have issues. Your, your kids, yes, your little perfect little puppies have problems. There's going to be times you don't want to get along with it, anybody else. But you've got to be intentional. Talk about that.
1: Yes, it's definitely important to be dedicated and commitment into the relationship no matter what comes. Because it's so easy for us to be like, okay, we can't get past this fight because we're not seeing eye to eye. So deuces, right? But no, you you, you made a commitment when you said I do. Yeah. When you said I do, it was till death do you part. It wasn't when I have a bad day. Yeah, it's good. It was till death do you part. So come highs come Lowe's, whatever it is, we're walking this out. Now, I may need a second from you, but I'm still committed to this relationship. I'm going to go in the room, because I'm going to say something that I shouldn't say, Mm. and it's going to hurt you, and you're going to cry, but I'm going to come back, because I'm committed to this relationship. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to be committed, and in a friendship, you have to be committed to that friendship. You can't laugh with someone if you haven't cried with them. You have to be intentional with those relationships.
0: So so let me ask you this. What are you expecting from your relationships? Whatever your whatever your circumstance, wherever you are in life, what are you expecting from that? Because our commitment sometimes is built on the back of our expectations. And a lot of times, and we, we don't do marriage counseling. That, that's not our job. We, we will preach to you. We will love you. We will eat food with you. She will drink coffee with you. She will drink you under the table with coffee. We'll do life with you, but we're, we're not counselors. That's not our job. We're pastors. There's a difference. He is the counselor. And we, we may have a few conversations with you and like, you're going to need to talk to somebody else and we'll recommend someone to you. Someone who has faith and is not just going to come with psychobabble. They're going to come with a foundation in the word of God. Somebody ought to say amen on that one. Yes. But a lot of times people will come to us and they're going through things in their relationships and, and we'll, we'll hear things like this. And if, you, if you're here today and you happen to say this, I'm not throwing you under the bus. We hear this a lot. They're not meeting my need. So what are you expecting out of your relationship? Because if you are expecting another person to meet your need, you've already set that relationship up for failure. Because humanity cannot meet humanity's need. Only the one who created humanity can meet our need. I need need them to fulfill this in me. I have wants, I have desires, I need them to, I need, I, I, I. It only took five eyes to get Lucifer kicked out of heaven. We need to be careful putting I up there. What are you expecting? Do you, do you expect your spouse, hey husbands, do you expect your wife to meet all of your physical fantasies that you learned while you were watching pornography? Because that's extremely unfair. Because God didn't design her to do that, nor the things you were watching. Wise, are you expecting your husband to replace that void that your bad relationship with your father left in your life? Because that's not his job either. What are you expecting? Don't expect people to fulfill your needs. Go to the only one who can. This is why a strong foundation is so vitally important. We need a strong foundation of Jesus. And when we build our relationships on Jesus, our expectations are in Him. And He goes exceedingly above all we could ever ask or even think. Amen. I think we ought to just give Him some praise real quick. I think the third thing that makes a marriage work or a relationship of any kind is diversity. Everybody say diversity. Now, I'm not... Talking about racial diversity in this subject. Like, we're racially diverse, but next week we're going to talk about different types of diversity in relationships. So, you don't want to miss it. that. That was going to be great. I'm not necessarily talking about that right now. I'm talking about the differences between us in our relationships, right? God doesn't want every one of us to be the exact same. I think that's one of the failures of Christianity, is we've painted this notion that God wants every believer to have the exact same experience on the exact same day at the exact same time and feel the, look the exact dress the exact go to the exact same, listen to the exact same kind of music. Here's the deal: I don't like the kind of music you listen to. I promise you, you're not going to like my music either, because it's talk radio. Like, (laughs) God doesn't want us to be the same. Let's take it. This is why marriage is a depiction of who he is. God, he, he never changes. But there's so much of him that we always see something different about him that we never recognized before. And he did not make us the same. He made Adam and he made Eve they look different, they have different parts. Because if the parts are the same, nothing can ever be produced. Because God wants us to see that our diversity is where our strength actually comes from. Come on, dig into that a little bit, babe.
1: So if there is no diversity, iron really can't sharpen iron. You can't, in a relationship, whether it's marriage, friends, dating, parent to child, child to parent, whatever it is, there's always going to be different opinions. There's always going to be, you know, everyone's going to look at stuff differently. But when we get with our spouse and we bounce that stuff off, yeah, we may not like that the way they responded and they didn't like my idea. What? (laughs) But but honestly, when my emotions go crazy, because that's how I'm different from him, he can be emotional, because some guys are emotional, but they're not as emotional as us girls. We can take stuff and spin it completely way out, and then it's the whole universe is involved. It's not just our world anymore. (laughs) We've included Pluto and Mercury involved in it. (laughs) But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he will, because there's the diversity in it, he brings me back to the level that I need to be at or vice versa. Cause I could do that as well. But that's why it's so important. Cause together we're better. We do life together. We're better. If you're my friend, I'm better because of who you are and what you have to bring to the relationship, not just what I can bring to the relationship.
0: So, If I'm hearing you right, what you're saying is we don't always agree. No. Could you give us an example like one time that I was right and you were wrong? (laughs) I'm I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Never. That was a joke. I know better than that. What was I thinking? (laughs) Like, but we don't always see things the same way. Kind of break that down. Give us like a real-life example if you can. Oh. No pressure.
1: Yeah. Um... I don't know. There's like hundreds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so how, when we, when we're not thinking the same way, since there are so many, um, <laughs> when we approach things differently. How
1: okay. So like music, <laughs> music's a big one. I like all genres of music. My husband, he tears every single, he is talented as you guys all know. And he tears every song apart. So if somebody's going off, I'm like, dude, you just messed up that song for me.
0: (laughs) They should have played the right note. I'm just saying.
1: (laughs) Um, But it's not just that. That's a silly one, obviously. But, like, because we are culturally different, there are things that we don't agree on. And we have to come to an understanding because I was raised differently and he was raised differently. But we go back to what our foundation is. We go back to who Jesus is. And that's kind of what brings us back to balance. So instead of
0: focusing on the difference, focus on what is common, which is the foundation.
1: Always find the common denominator.
0: That's good stuff. And you're good. Mm. So the, the fourth thing that I believe makes a marriage work or any other relationship is Communication.
1: Not good at that one.
0: No, she's not. We work on that every day. I, I think probably the, the area of communication that you struggle with the most since you threw me under the bus, I'm coming for you. I do. Like, guys, you may relate with me on this. Everybody's got one of these, right? You may have a different brand than me or different size, than, but we all have one of these. She has one. She got the nicer one than me before I got it. But hers never works. First. Hers never works. Like, I text, she never gets the text. I call, she never gets the call. Right? Like, I think there's something inherently built into ladies that they cannot receive text messages if it's from their husbands. Guys, y'all with me? Some of you guys like, I'm not saying a word, like my <laughs> wife's sitting next to me. Pastor, I don't know what you're saying right now. Stop it. <laughs> no, but, but communication is important. If you're not going to communicate, you're not going to be able to get past your differences. Right. If you can't talk through what is going on, and sometimes talking involves words, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because what communication truly is, communication is literally a connection. How are you connecting? Like, what are your connections in your relationship saying about your relationship? Are your connections saying that you don't really value the person you're communicating with? Or like when when you're talking to somebody, anybody know anybody like this? You're, You're talking with them, and the whole time you're talking with them, they're like looking over your shoulder looking for somebody else to talk to. Like, you don't really feel loved and appreciated in that moment, right? Good to see you. Sometimes we bring that into our marriages. Our mind is on work. Our mind is on whatever game is coming up. Our, our mind is on some other tragedy. And we don't realize that our actions and our body language are, are saying things about our connections because we're communicating our distraction. But you've got to learn how to communicate. In fact, let let me just we didn't even talk about this in the 9 a.m., but let me just say, you got to learn how to fight. If you're married, you're going to fight, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not trying to embarrass my kids or anybody else's kids, but that's why God made makeup sex. Like. (laughs) The only reason Danny's clapping with me is Danny got himself in trouble in the 9 (laughs) a.m. He's trying to get off the couch. I see what's up.
1: (laughs) No, but it's so true because you have to learn how to fight. When you're I'm horrible at communicating. I really am. And I don't know why I am, but it's hard to get what I'm what's going on up here out of what right here. It really is for me. And I don't really know why. I mean, we've talked about this we've been married 16 years. I talked, you stared at me. I stare, I stare. Um, but you have to, um, when you're fighting, you have to know how to do it because sometimes the first thing that comes to your mind is not really what you should say because you can be degrading somebody you could be telling them something that's like dude you just like mopped me on the floor that was bad you know type of thing but you have to be able see the freedom in marriage is you know nobody's going anywhere when you you're just not going anywhere you said i do and whenever you fight it's okay to fight just fight right and don't stay like that for days it's okay. Like, let's be real. I know most Christians say don't go to bed angry. Sometimes I do, because I need the next morning to be able to get up and be refreshed and renewed in His ever mercies every day. Right? So there's times on, that morning. I do, I do go to bed upset. Why? Because I don't want to say something that's gonna crush Him, because in my own humanity and my own olga-ness, I can be ugly, and I can be mean, and I can cut you real fast. So I have to make sure that I've got Jesus into what I'm saying, (laughs) because if I don't, it's going to be bad.
0: It's funny. We have these conversations with with people. They're like, I'm fighting with my husband. Does that mean we should have never got married?
1: Oh, no. (laughs) You're a human being. (laughs)
0: you're going to tussle. Think about this. God took two completely independent individuals and shoved them into a box called a house or an apartment. (laughs) And he's sitting back with the angels watching the fireworks. (laughs) Like it's going to happen. Just don't bring something in your communication in that fight that you're going to wish that you could take back as soon as it comes out of your mouth.
1: The other thing that I would say though is If you've already forgiven your spouse for something, don't bring it back up in a
0: fight. That's good.
1: Because when you forgave, that was it. That was done.
0: That's really good. And look at bringing the wisdom this morning. So think about What are you communicating with your connections? Let's walk back through this real quick. Do you have a strong foundation in your relationship? What are you building your relationships on? Whether you're married, whether you're thinking about getting married, whether you're like, nope. Never want to do that, or maybe it's just a friendship. Are your friendships based on Jesus or are they based on something else? Are you intentional? Are you committed? Are you going to check out the the first moment it gets tough? like Have we ever had a tough time in our marriage? Like two or
1: you always have to have the last word
0: Well, I'm taller. that's true. Wow. That was dumb. We, we've we been committed to each other for a while. We we just crossed 16 years, right? We're approaching 17 years. That's awesome. But many of you don't know this, but Olga is not my first wife. I, I was divorced before before, and then we got married many years later, and I was blessed. But I didn't do everything right in my first marriage, and... Honestly, I, d- I didn't do everything right coming in. How how did you stay committed to me, even whenever I was messing up? Um,
1: going back to my foundation, because even when he did mess up, so I mean he never like went out and had an affair. He just had appropriate conversation, inappropriate conversations with an old girlfriend. And we were married about a year and a half, something like that. But in that, in, in my brokenness, we talked about this in the first experience, but the thing that I forgot to mention was um, I remembered when my parents were going through hell. I remember what my mom went through. And my mom stuck it out. Um, She didn't have to because it was before she even knew who God was in her life. But I just remembered my mom always saying that we got married, I can't leave your dad because until death do us part. And so when that happened in, in our relationship, and we were early on, only a year and a half, I already had three kids in a year and a half of marriage. Three kids. So you can imagine. My emotions were already crazy. We didn't
0: really love kids. We just really loved each other. (laughs) 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 But, um
1: (laughs) um, so.
0: And my kids are here and I'm embarrassing them and it's so much fun.
1: Except for one of them, Adia said, Dad, I am serving in both experience, so (laughs) there. But anyway, in that year and a half, um, we had all our ups and downs. But in that crushing moment that really crushed me and hurt me, um, when I felt so broken, not just because of what had just happened, but also it brought up a bunch of old wounds that I thought were completely healed, but apparently I just scabbed over them. And in that moment, everything, all the emotions, all the feelings, but I knew who Jesus was in my life. And I knew that I had made a commitment with this man. And when I did that, when I made the commitment, it wasn't just because of who he was, what his name was, how good looking he was, how much money he made, it wasn't because of that. It was because God joined us together and there was something so much more than the attraction side of it. And when I said I do, it was come high or come low. It was through every rough patch and that was a rough patch, but it was through also every victory. So that was where I remembered I went back to who Jesus was in my life because I love him more than you. And if he said we were going to be okay, we were going to be okay and I can make it.
0: If your foundation is there, your communication never struggles. Somebody may have trouble talking, but if you've got that strong foundation, you're communicating through your connections. Does that make sense? You feel like you're learning something today? You feel like you're getting something you can apply in your life? Praise God. I want to kind of bring this down a little bit because we're running out of time. God moved too much, and now we don't get to talk as much as we want to. But that's okay because it's His church, and He can do what He wants. Amen. Amen. So I want to address the question, how do we intentionally build marriages that last? But at the same time, how do we intentionally build relationships that last? Because if every relationship has a built-in challenge to go with it, right? How do we build that relationship with intentionality where we're going to make it past the deal? Because i got to tell you, in, the, in the, the situation she was referencing, my whole life was falling apart because of inappropriateness in my relationship. And here I am trying to fix things so I don't have to relive the mistake that i just been through. And in this moment, we made some dedications. We made some choices together. And when we made those dedications, we have not gone back on them. Yeah, we still fight. Yes, we still argue. Yes, there are times that she says, you need to get out of my face, white boy. Like, why you got to be all racial? But there are times, there are times that we still tussle but we go back to the foundation that we built our relationship on when we hit that big challenge. And nothing can shake us from that. So how do we build a a relationship that lasts past that? I would say you can apply this across the board, but specifically to marriages, if you want your marriage to last, divorce is never an option. Like literally, if you take that option off the table, that's what she's talking about, like, you said I do. You're not going anywhere. So you may be upset at me right now, but you got no place to go. Like I, I've told her, if you leave, I'm going with you. So make sure to let me know where you're going. <laughs> I mean, we made these four kids. I am not taking care of four girls by myself. Like, a couple times a year, when she goes back to California, and I'm left with like, oh God, I'm sorry. Come back home. But divorce is never an option because if divorce is an option, it will eventually become the option. Because society says that's okay. But if you just say divorce is not an option, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to make it past this. I don't care how bad your breath is this morning. I am in this. Amen. Why don't you take the next one?
1: So another way to intentionally build a marriage that will last would be to remember that your past is your past, so leave it there. Don't come into a relationship with your past. You may have had boyfriends, you may have had an ex-husband, you may have had an ex-wife. That's cool, but this is not your ex-husband, this is not your ex-wife. This is not the friend who, this is not the whatever, fill in the blank. (laughs) Leave your past in the past. There are some things that you might have to communicate to your spouse. um, Like for our story, with my abuse in the past, there are certain things that do trigger it. And so if you married someone that was abused in the past, they're not going to know, you, you have to realize that they're not going to know what your triggers are unless you don't communicate them to them. So that's why that communication is so vital, vitally important with also leaving your past in the past because they need to know why you just went off. <laughs> or else they're going to be like, dude, I married this crazy chick. <laughs> I have no clue what just happened. I didn't do anything. But they didn't realize that they said something that maybe caused you to go off because that's how you were talked down to for Amen. so many years. You get what I'm saying? So leave it in the past. The past is under the blood. Amen. The past belongs to Jesus. He doesn't bring up your past, so don't bring it up again.
0: That's good. So if, if I'm understanding you right, if you're dating – if I'm understanding what you're saying, I don't have to tell you about all the things.
1: Oh, no. You don't have to tell about, oh, my goodness. I Okay. Here's one of my pet peeves. <laughs> <sighs> Is when you come into a relationship, and I got to tell you about everybody I've ever been with. Well, you just went into that relationship jaded. Because now that person has to live up to all those people that you apparently were with that were so awesome, but yet you still left them. So leave the past in the come past. On, come on,
0: I think it's probably a good idea to cut some soul ties. What is that? Every time you go to a place of intimacy, whether it's sex or whether it's emotional intimacy, you create a tie between yourself and that individual. One of the best things you can do is if it's gone, if it's over, if you've moved on, cut that tie. Yeah. You don't need that connection. Like you, you don't need to be stalking your ex-girlfriends on Facebook. <laughs> it gets you in trouble. <laughs> you, you don't need to have anything to do with them. Well, I was with them. Don't, don't live in yesterday. We've all got a pass. Let's leave it there. Amen. Let's move on into new. the new. The, the third thing that we need to do to intentionally build marriages that last is make this commitment. And going back to the, to the story that she's referencing with us, because this, this was like the first major challenge in our marriage, and we've had many since, but this was the first big one. And this was the point where we could have fallen apart, mm-hmm. but we had to make some commitments to each other in this moment. And here here was the commitment that we had to make. There is no part of my life that is off limits to you. Like, she's got the password to this and everything else. I don't have an email account that she doesn't know about. I don't have text messages or text conversations with ladies who are not my mom, my godmother, or my sister that she's not on. Like, if, if a lady from the church happens to have my phone number and text me, I will respond in a group text with my wife because I honor this. Well, this is none of her business. Oh, yeah, it is. Because there's no part of me that she doesn't have access to. And I value this. Hey, guys, I, I know it sounds a little old-fashioned. I know it sounds a little arcane. But don't engage in conversations with other women that your wife is not involved in. Don't have work wives. You got one wife. Because when you start doing that kind of stuff, here's what you're doing. You're inviting the enemy. Jesus said, don't even give the devil a foothold. Make no opportunity for the devil because he'll take advantage of anything. Hey, if you don't want to have to deal with temptation, fix your eyes on Jesus and then fix your eyes on your bride. Don't start wondering. Don't go to Piccadilly if you ain't planning on eating. I'm just saying. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know. It's been a minute. Maybe we should go there for lunch today.
1: Austin, Heather. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but there's no part of my life. Now, I, I, I'll tell you, there's some things that I trust to her because I let her know of a struggle with, in my past. She put a password on my TV, and there's things that I can't watch unless she unlocks it, and I'm okay with that because this is more important than my entertainment does that make sense but there's no other part of my life that you don't have access to why don't you take the next one
1: the fourth way is our kids never come before us this is a rough one
0: this isn't popular
1: this is not popular they're
0: throwing things at you right now
1: i know that's okay i'm a mom too i can handle it um but so this is key Especially if you are not in your, if this is, if you're not going into your first marriage, if you're going into your second marriage and you already have children. We tend to put our kids above our spouse because we had them first. Right? But no, that's not the way it works. Because if your relationship with your spouse isn't good, on good terms, your kids will never be healthy. They will not know how to love their spouse. They won't be loved fully because then your spouse will check out when he's trying to love them just as much as you love them but you're saying no I got this one. So the thing that we have done is I mean some of you know but Jade Jade is not his biological daughter but No one would ever know because this man loves this girl as if it was his own. He does. And he's been there from the moment she took first steps. So he's been there her whole life. That's all she knows. But that wouldn't have happened if I put her before him. There would have been no way that that door would have been open for him to love her unconditionally the way that he loves Does that make sense? So if you're planning on having babies, which you should, it doesn't matter how ugly society gets. It doesn't matter how ugly the world gets. And I know this is on topic, but, yes, you need to have babies because we need more world changers. We need more parents that love Jesus to bring kids into this world that will shine his light. So go and have babies. Have three, have four, have ten. No, I'm kidding. However many you want.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're not that kind of church, by the way.
1: (laughs) But going into your marriage, just know that it's okay to put your baby in its own bed. Yes. Because you need to sleep with your spouse. Without interruption. Yes.
0: Preach. (laughs) Preach.
1: (laughs) It's okay to lock the door and let them go play. Yes. Yes. It is. (laughs) So don't let your kids come in between you and your spouse.
0: And let let me just tag on to that. Parents, it's okay to let your kids know how much you love your spouse. It's okay to kiss them in front of your kids. It's okay to to tease them. It's okay to flirt with them. It's okay to, like, walk up behind them while they're doing something in the kitchen and goose them on the rear end. It's totally okay (laughs) to do that. The reason that it's okay is you're showing them what a healthy marriage looks like. You're showing them what a healthy physical relationship looks like because I promise you they see what unhealthy looks like all day long. And it's got to be modeled in front of them. So it's okay to let them know, hey, girls, your mama's hot. And I love her more than you. So you need to go in your room for a minute. We're just gonna dance. I'm we're not what are y'all thinking? I, God, pray about purity next next Sunday. But. Let, let me give you another one here. This kind of goes along with the same thing, but there's no one. I want our marriage to last, and I want our marriage to make it past anything else. So there's no one in my life who's more important than you. There's no one who is closer to me than you. I have some really, really close ministry friends. I've got some really close guy friends. I love my parents, but I'm closer to you than them. Because this is the relationship that God is using to produce something. Does that make sense?
1: It goes both ways, though. Um, For us girls, it's more of I think what the enemy likes to use most is our emotions. Sometimes if we go to our spouses, they either may be telling us that we nag, because sometimes we do, or that we're just, you know, whatever. But for us girls, we tend to emotionally depend on somebody else without even realizing that we've created that relationship. Because when you're emotionally dependent with somebody and you're talking about things that you shouldn't be talking about with them outside of your spouse or another girlfriend, that can get you in trouble. That's a foothold for the enemy to come in because once your emotions are tied to somebody else, who knows what else will happen, right? When you've opened yourself up like that emotionally, It's very easy for the enemy to come in and bring other temptations along the way. So be careful who you spill your beans to.
0: That's good. Why don't you give us the last
1: one? Oh, the last one would be keep intimacy alive. Um, I know all the guys are like in their head, yeah. But it's not just guys that think about this. Us girls do too. (laughs) And yes, or if you're dating, no. <laughs> Don't wake that monster up yet. Wait until you get married. It's so much better. <laughs> but for married couples, people always say the grass looks greener on the other side. But the reason why your grass isn't looking greener is because you're not watering it. Be intentional about where you are in your relationship. Keep that intimacy alive. Because there is no one else on this earth for your spouse than you. That's good.
0: That's good. Y'all enjoyed this this morning? Feel like you learned something? Here's what I want us to do. We're, we're going to close out. Pastor John's going to come up and give you all some next steps here in a second. But I think it would be just a really, really good idea if, if we would just close out today I know normally we close with worship, but I just really felt like we just wanted to close out with a little prayer. And I want Olga and I to join together, and we want to pray for marriages in our church. I said, "Well, why why so much focus on marriage? Because marriages are under attack in today's society. Marriages are are under attack e- even in the church. And I, I believe if we stand together, even those." of us in the room who are not married, if we will stand for the value of a healthy marriage, our relationships will be better. If we if we will look at the model of what God has placed out there, and we'll say, that's what I'm striving for, and that's how I'm going to build my life. I may be single right now. I may not ever even intend on being with another person, but I do want to have healthy relationships around me. If we'll, if we'll say, Jesus... Anoint our marriages. Anoint the husbands to be godly men. Anoint the wives to be godly ladies. That's going to spill over onto all of us. Amen? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the hand of the person next to you. Maybe it's laying your hand on their shoulder. Maybe you're just, whatever it is, and just without looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, right now, I want to pray specifically at the beginning of this prayer, for husbands. Lord, the husband fills the role of Christ in the marriage. And we're supposed to give ourselves up for our bride the same way that you gave yourself up for your church. So, God, I pray that today you would give every husband under the sound of my voice, the ones that are listening on the podcast, maybe they're at work today or maybe they were at an earlier service. But, God, I pray that every husband has the realization of who they are in you. And, God, even every potential husband, every, every young man, every single man that's in this room today, God, let them see what it means to be a godly man. God, give us your grace to be men in this day and age. When everything in society is trying to blur the lines between masculinity and femininity, God, let us see that it's okay because you made us in your likeness and in your image that you designed us to be who we are. God, give us a godly strength that goes past our testosterone, Lord, but it goes into the reality that you have created and designed us to be world changers and to be leaders in our home, God. I pray specifically for husbands. Lord, I pray specifically for wives today. Let them see that their role is not to be a doormat, not to be taken advantage of, not not to just be on the back burner to careers, and to sports and other things, God. God, let them see that they are the prize possession. And just like they represent the church, God, let them see who they are to you. How much you love them, and I pray that you would give them grace, that in the moments that the men are acting like us men do, God, you give them the grace and the strength to stay in in the relationship. Lord, I pray for every lady who may not be a wife yet, who may not be a mother yet, but at some point in their life that's what they want, God, or maybe even the ones who've said, no, I want to be by myself, Lord. I pray that you would give them a strength and let them know that they will never have to battle loneliness. Because you will be right there with them through no matter what they face. That you are the friend that sticks closer than a brother. That you are the lover of every soul. That in the name of Jesus, all they have to do is whisper your name. And your presence is there. God, but most of all, here's what I pray. That we be a family of Jesus in this world. That regardless of our differences, regardless of our diversity, regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of the things that make us different, God, that we are stronger and better together because the relationships that you have forged out are ones that you are blessing. And God, when the enemy tries to divide us, raise up a standard of holiness that says, I will not walk away. I'm committed to this. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's take about 30 seconds and just worship our God. Father, thank you so much. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.